0: Rob Hopkins and this is Imagination Taking Power, a podcast where I share with you conversations, insights and aha moments on my journey towards writing a book about imagination. The scholar Richard Sennett once wrote, Modern capitalism works by colonising people's imagination of what is possible. If it's the case that our current economic model thrives by creating the conditions that suppress rather than unleash the imagination, and if we recognise that now more than any other time we need a mass re-nourishing of the collective imagination, then where might we spot examples of the economics of the imagination? Eight years ago the economy of Preston was crocked. Then its council decided to take a new approach. Today I'm speaking to councillor Matthew Brown. The recently elected leader of Preston City Council. What Preston have achieved should be a model for everywhere else. Let's have a bit of imagination about how to get out of this mess, he tells me. I last interviewed him in June 2015, so I started by asking him when we spoke just
1: before Christmas
0: what has changed
1: since then? I think what's the biggest thing that's changed is we've got lots of um, indicators how it's been very successful, the, the approach we've begun within Preston. Um, When I spoke to you in 2015, I think it was, um, we just started a couple of years before with the anchor institutions. So we we weren't at that time totally aware of how um, transformative these ideas were becoming. So it's only two years later when we we went through the books of the organisations again and we realised that just in... 2016 17 alone, there'd been an extra 75 million that had been redirected to Preston based suppliers. Um, So, and 200 million across Lancashire. So, at that time, we weren't really at that state, that stage. We knew that things were happening, but we didn't know uh, how much of an effect it's had. But since then, we've also got the um, University of Central Lancashire have come on board who are becoming very, very Embedded in this culture, because as well as buying locally, they're helping us uh, through the SME department uh, incubate cooperative businesses, which is going to bid for a lot of the wealth that's leaking out of the local economy. So they're doing that. They're also doing some fantastic work with drone technology, which they're doing with ourselves and the county council, who are also located in Preston. And that is looking at how to establish a civic drone centre. So basically that will mean that... um, that the the potential is going to be the usage of drones, which in 12 years' time is going to be, be a big um, addition to the UK economy in terms of GDP. But they're looking at having some um, some some use for the community, so it's going to be a community drone centre, which itself might be a cooperative, and that might link to um, again to the local supply chain because we've got SMEs that potentially could manufacture the drones because i think they're mainly manufactured in china and then also we've got british aerospace which is uh, 10 or so miles down the road so potentially there's opportunities to keep that wealth in the in the local and regional economy there so that's where we are with it and then i'll probably come to that later there's some things are that are ongoing which are potentially quite transformative as well which i'll tell you about later on one of
0: the things that, that i've been Exploring with a lot of people is, is, is around the idea of what-if questions. So for example, I went to Liege in Belgium Where Transition Liege are doing this amazing project called the Food Belt um, <clears throat> where, Which came out of a what-if question, which was what if in a generation's time The majority of food eaten in Liege were grown on the land closest to Liege And it's unlocked 15 new co-ops and all sorts of different stuff. If you could, if you could go back to the beginning of this process and formulate what your kind of initial inquiry was that set you off on this path as a what-if question what would it what would it have been do you think
1: oh i mean it's it's an excellent question what if well i was thinking well what if we had a much more democratic economy and we had forms of um Economic activity and production and ownership that were a lot more rooted in the hands of the public in the community. So that's what started the, the the project off originally. Because I was very inspired by uh, both Mondragon, but how they applied the Mondragon principles to Cleveland, Ohio, with the work of Ted Howard. He's always been a, an inspiration to us in Preston. And uh, the thing that stuck out back then was the fact they'd actually created worker-owned businesses linked to what the local public sector bought. Uh, around it and around food not it around sorry um renewable energy food and uh laundry so the idea was the what if was what if we can do this here really <laughs> to be honest so that was that was the inspiration but obviously what we had to do is change the culture so initially obviously and we're pleased about this as well we're delighted that a lot of locally based businesses smaller businesses of won this extra £75 million within Preston just within that one year. But there was always a strong element that we wanted to like leave and look at the cooperative side of things. So we've got our first worker co-op business that's come out of the Preston model, which is it's based around food. because so what it's doing is it's sourcing from uh, local farmers, small farmers mainly, that are located about 10 miles from Preston. It's then going to be a cafe... Um, That's the first part of it. But it's also linked to the supply chain of the local farmers. And they already do some fantastic work around education uh, and trying to tackle food deserts. But the the what if bit is, I always say, is, well, we've identified there's uh, at least 10 million leaking out of um, the public sector within Preston and Lancashire. What if they won... A significant part of that, and what excites me is is that if they were successful through a competitive process, potentially you could have 30 or 40 people in uh, a cooperative, say they won a, a contract worth one million or two million pounds, and then you can have a number of them that would <clears throat> link together. And then also we're supporting the idea of a community bank, and now I'm, I'm leader of uh, Preston City Council. These ideas I'm promoting across Lancashire. And again, the what if is, what if this bank then lends to these cooperatives and even small businesses as well to actually have this uh, this virtual cycle of economic activity? So so those were the moments. So, I mean, in my mind, there is, this can work extremely well, but the, the challenges ever is that when you confront people with new ideas, they're often a bit resistant or they're a bit scared. But what what we're trying to, what we we are trying to achieve with this project, it's extremely common sense. And we've got to to be respectful of everyone involved in this, because obviously we have a political um, dimension of Preston City Council. And obviously the Police and Crime Commissioner is Labour as well. But there's other institutions such as the colleges and the university where they don't have a political role, but they are embracing the inclusive growth agenda. And then we've got one or two conservative councils as well that are, that are kind of like the, they do support the idea of supporting local businesses. So it's kind of like it's a, it's a collaborative approach, but within that wide umbrella of collaboration, there's some very creative things you can do. And I'm very confident about how the co-op side is going to become much more predominant in the next couple of years.
0: One of the things that I, that I see in places that, that bring this more sort of imaginative way of doing it other than other than business as usual is that it it, it in turn unlocks more imagination in other people and you get this, it, fe- it feels like the last 15 or 20 years has been this downward spiral of sort of negativity which shuts down people's possibilities and then they feel more negative about what's possible and then you know the, the the possibilities shrink and contract and actually what it feels like you're doing is pushing it in the other direction where as you open up more things, more things feel possible and people feel more imaginative and more positive and uh, is that, has that been your observation?
1: Yes um some things are springing up out of this agenda uh out of the out of the organizations themselves and the individuals as well i mean for example our our largest housing association which is actually a tenant-led cooperative so it's very democratic what they've done is they've actually insourced a lot of work at least 10 million pounds this is a decision that they've made i should imagine and obviously we do have a number of our councillors on the board, who I'm sure would have been supportive of the decision, but they've taken a decision collectively to insource us a lot of the activity back into the cooperative. Uh, but also as well, when they're doing that and doing other work, too, they're, they're employing their own tenants. So they're giving their own tenants jobs. And again, it makes sense because it means that, um, that people can pay the rent on tenants. So so yeah, so i mean so that things like that are happening as well and then Lancashire constabulary they're doing some fantastic things around procurement and around trying to get trade union recognition into contracts which we support but also lots of things around equality and diversity that are basically that you know that any company that they they do uh, commission that you know that they've not actually been found to so discriminated in some kind of employment tribunal that they've been involved in so yeah things like that are happening around that kind of ballpark area which is very very positive and again this is again is, is taking on its own strength now because of the collaboration that we have
0: so so things are starting to pop up that weren't things that you've conceived of centrally just things are popping up because the kind of the atmosphere is changing i guess
1: it is yeah it's, it's, really, it's extremely positive indeed and um what is positive is that all the heads of our local public sector are very forward-thinking people. And uh, I was a bit scared when I start, started doing this because we're not the largest public sector employer with interest. I mean, we're very significant that we got the, uh, you know, we do have the, legi- the legitimacy because we're the elected city government so to speak oppressed them but it's amazing that how we come to them with ideas and it's not like well we're not interested they really want to help and vice versa now
0: and one of the things that i've done a lot of research about is about how when when people feel very stressed and anxious and traumatized their imagination shrinks at the part of the brain where the imagination comes from visibly shrinks under those kind of settings uh, and poverty when people are in uh, are in poverty and so one of the things about cultivating the imagination is is to create the different sort of conditions because people lose that ability to think about the future and 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 imagine a future in positive ways to talk about the future have you had any sense through the work that you're doing about how people's ability to perceive the future or think about it in a more hopeful way has started to change any kind of observations
1: i think because physically a lot of things are happening now. because what we are seeing is we've got a new uh, municipally owned market so i need to pay tribute to our former late leader of council peter rankin who he was very sub- behind having a new markets with independent traders in the center of, of preston and we got that that's happened uh, We've got other things around the procurement, as I mentioned before, so a lot of local companies are benefiting that as a knock-on effect with the supply chain. Um And also a lot of our other assets at the city centre, uh, are, are, are being kind of like uh, reinvigorated, and the university is investing 250 million within Preston with their master plan. So they call they call themselves now a civic anchor institution. So the language they're using is well, yes, we do educate people and give them degrees, but we're also a big social uh, and economic actor within 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 the community. So all that put together is giving giving people a sense of hope, especially when they're seeing that things are happening now. There's other things that are a bit more conventional in this, well, not well, they weren't conventional 10 years ago, but they are pretty much now in the sense that we've always been behind the concept of a a real living wage, which is going to be at least £9 an hour. Now, because the public sector, pretty much the majority of them pay that and when the purchasing as well, they're bringing it into social value whenever they can. Um, the amount of people who receive the real living wage are more. We're now the best for people who work within Preston out of 14 uh, council areas in Lancashire. So there's a, a lot more money around. And you see the confidence in the city because there's now an extra, I think, 12,000 employees within Preston. Because I think a lot of these policies put together with a bit of luck and other policies. There's now an extra 12,000 employees. So we've got about 72,000 people who work as employees in Preston and only about three years ago that was about 59,000 or 60,000. So a lot of more people are working so there's a lot more money around and they're spending that money. So you're now seeing lots of new really creative independent businesses that are uh, emerging as well. So there's that sense of confidence that I feel but Things aren't perfect here. I don't think about that for any... We've, got, we've still got issues with uh, homelessness. We've got issues with child poverty. We've got austerity that's taking place. But there's a sense that, despite all these challenges... And Universal Credit's been in, introduced as well, which is got to be a nightmare, I think, for a lot of people without our community. But there is a bit of a sense that we're coming together. And we're improving as a city. Because you might have seen the, uh, the price Cooper's report from... yeah. Yeah, no, no, thank you. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, there's, there's, there's a set, I mean, th- those are independently verified figures. So there's a sense that we are improving. We are fighting back in some ways. But it's against a very challenging backdrop, obviously, because we've got an economic model which basically doesn't benefit most people, for a start, because of the rate's organised. You've got a situation in which investment's more attracted to major cities like central London or possibly Manchester. Um, but we've we managed to kind of like uh, fight back really, which is really positive, and take back a bit of control for the people here, not in a not in a, a right wing pro Brexit way, but in a very progressive way. Um, so yes, yeah, so there is that confidence that's growing. But I just want to deepen this, and I think when we got a lot a lot more of these um, measures introduced, so I mean the, I'm really keen on the bank because we need that to combat financial. Um, exclusion right so obviously hopefully the bank which we're looking at the community bank that can be operational across lancashire and potentially wider within the next two years and that's one of my main priorities and obviously the expansion of cooperatives that's something we'll be working on too but other things we're doing around you know just in the in the medium term just trying to make sure that especially during you know, during school holidays, people get access to affordable food. So we're doing lots of work with the community around that. So, so yeah, so we are fighting back, and we are doing lots of really good things, which is, which is making a difference. But do the community feel it? I think they're beginning to. I don't think everyone understands it in the community because a lot of these ideas are understand by um, lots of economists and politicians. To uh, you know, rightly in many ways, most people don't think about those ideas, but I think there's a sense that the the, the cities could be together now as one to try and do something new and special one of the things that
0: i've spoken to a lot of people and asked them about is when people have a really great what if question i was speaking to people in jackson the cooperative jackson stuff in the us and about how the, the 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 black liberation movement there has those really big what if questions like what if there were no prisons what if there were no police what if all justice worked in a very different way and asking how do they keep a really big what if question like that alive over time i wonder what's been your experience of how have you kept that kind of uh the vision that you've brought to this alive uh over time so in a way that maybe any advice for other people who might be thinking of doing something similar
1: well it's it's not just me is it i mean it's 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 a, it's a collaboration of people and institutions we I mean, obviously had I've been a, quite a big architect of it politically, but he's needed a number of colleagues and uh, people to do this. What's kept it alive? Well, I mean, what I am very good at is I'm very good at uh, looking around both in this country and elsewhere for ideas that might be quite transformative. And uh, that's what the presser model is, really. It's responding to the system problem we have with the economy, which is, a national issue, and it's even more, more, more for for it goes further than a national issue into a, an international issue. But also, it's about um, trying to respond to austerity as well and try to look at ways we can, you know, self organize as a community through our own economic endeavors and try to make people a lot richer and better off. So that's what's kept me going. But the way I've done that is I've looked around at ideas from uh, a number of places, as I said, both here in the UK, but also Europe, America, which are quite transformative, and try to put them together. Uh I mean, the, the only analogy I can come up with, it's a, bit, it's a bit, might seem a bit daft, but I don't know, obviously, David Bowie is a musician. He used to take different musical styles and put them all together. So we're trying to do that politically in some ways. you
0: know the David Bowie of economic development.
1: Uh, I'm nowhere near as talented as David Bowie will uh, is but um but no I mean, we're trying to do that in, in a in a political and economic uh context really um and that just came to my mind because if, if you look at what David Bowie did as a musician, especially when he started, he was inspired by uh Tony Newley and I think Scott Walker, so his voice was cultivated by that, and then he got into electronic music and soul music, so what you do is you just look around and see, well, these are really uh powerful um approaches and musical styles and put them all together so we are kind of like looking to do that a bit but in a political and economic context with things that we feel that will really make a difference a big difference
0: one of the questions i've asked everybody that i've interviewed has was if you had been elected rather than Theresa may at the last election and you had run on a platform of make Britain imaginative again. So you felt looking around, you know, with the climate crisis, the austerity, that what we're seeing is this sort of demise of the imagination and the shutting down of possibilities at a very time when we need to be at our most vibrant and imaginative. So you felt we need to be seeing a revival of the imagination in education, in public life, in politics, in music, in everything. And that was that was the platform you you had run on. What might you do in your first hundred days uh, in office? Do you think?
1: Oh, I don't have much aspiration to be uh, in that position. That's the thing you see. It, could... it is, yeah, because I mean, part of me, part of me is not is not it doesn't really focus on on these things at all. But uh, what would I try to do? Um, I don't. I just try to have a sense of. Uh, the community coming together, but to do that, you've got to make radical changes, I think. Um, so obviously austerity would end, but I think there's ideas around universal basic income. I think there's merit in that, definitely, especially if it doesn't devalue work because they understand the trading union's concerns. But I think things like that would be good to fire the imagination and breed that creativity that's needed and give people freedom in their lives because we've only got the one life, we might as well enjoy it while we're here. And instead of working um, all the time, often getting a little reward for it. So, um, yeah, look at ideas like that, but also try to look at other ideas to uh, democratise economies and put working people more in control of what they do. I think that would be essential. I mean, obviously, more important or equally important, at least, is... to pour money into the health service, abolish tuition fees, have decent schools, have decent early years education and all the rest of it. But why are you doing that, I just believe that we need this democracy at every level of our society, included in the workplace. Because there's very little of it in the workplace, often for a lot of people, and they're working for other people often who do exploit them a lot, and I think they're very unhappy. And I think... If you want to be adults, as an adults, I think sometimes you've got to give people responsibility. And I think promoting uh, enterprises like work co-ops or employee-owned businesses, it, it, it makes people mature because you've got to take responsibility as well as share the rewards. It's a bit immature just working for a large multinational, which is the same in every town and city, uh, where if you're lucky you might have a trade union who will... Um, you know, negotiate on your behalf and be able to defend your rights. But if you're not lucky, they, they're basically going to pay you as little as as possible and give you as few rights as possible. So, I think it's a very childish way of, of organising things. Myself, I think yeah, and I think I think we're crying out for a new economic approach now after the 2008 crisis, which has affected everyone and actually led to the austerity that we all suffered. Uh,
0: you talked about you talked about democracy and needing more democracy. I mean, in places like. So in Jackson, they've created all these sort of citizens assemblies. And in Barcelona, they have the neighborhood assemblies that feed up the ideas for policy and so on. Has there been a a, a, like a parallel reimagining of local democracy in Preston to accompany the economic stuff
1: you've been doing? Not particularly, no. It's... um there is community involvement in the sense that, because, I mean, it's been very much, uh, it's been a bit top-down what we've done, which I think is not bad in some instances. I think most people think of it, it is bad, but I think started it top-down is not bad. But where we are getting interest now is, uh, I mean, the trade unions have always been really supportive, which is fantastic of these ideas within, within Preston, the, lo- the local trades council and elsewhere, uh, the churches and the mosques and uh, you know, Hindu temples, organisations like that, they're, they're very keen on these ideas through citizens, Lancashire Citizens, which uh, operates now within Preston, which is really good, and the voluntary sector. So in that respect, the community are involved, but the next step of it must m- might be um, trying to give them more of a say over what does happen more directly. Now, the difficulty, I mean, I'd love to do that, but when we're facing cutbacks every year, it's just it's just difficult to organise. a a participatory budgeting um, policy when we don't have the money to actually allow them to participate in it. So I think what we're doing now potentially can lead to that participation because, I mean, if more of the public wealth that's spent is spent with local companies, often small companies, you're getting people to participate in that way.
0: You've had an amazing reaction nationally to what you've been doing. Like you said, you won this award, the Labour Party are all over the Preston model and Corbyn talking about it becoming policy and so on. Um, What does that say, do you think, about the lack of imaginative ideas elsewhere? You know, how the impact that austerity has had on our imagination of what's possible at a a national level?
1: Yeah, I mean, there's interest from a number of places, to be honest. I mean, the the whole press the model work it does predate the election of uh, jeremy corbyn as labour leader but obviously i mean i'm very much of that political tradition as you can imagine so i'm delighted they both see merit in it but um <clears throat> yeah i mean what's interesting and what fascinates me is that the response you see in american cities like Cleveland or rochester or jacksonville they're not dissimilar to uh, the responses you're beginning to see here and in some European cities, as you say, like Barcelona, because what we've seen is an international financial uh, an economic meltdown. OK, so it's 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 a trans it's a transnational situation. And then austerity, that's that's been a global situation as well, hasn't it? So people are looking, are looking at these new models in a number of places. So. Yeah, I mean, there's probably about 50 or 60 different places in the UK that are expressing interest in what we're doing here. Uh, But, I mean, they can't can't all be replicated here. And Centre for Local Economic Strategies, they're excellent to actually guide places through that because they realise what happens in Preston might not be appropriate for, uh, say, Dublin or Birmingham or wherever it's going to be. But I think the principles of building community wealth, I think, that we've started here, I think that, you know, they're, they're... universal to be honest and they can be adopted anywhere so I'll just leave it at that to be honest because I do think there is lots of interesting thinking in different places apart from here that's emerging both within the labour movement and elsewhere but I think where we're getting the interest is because we're looking at system change and I think that's what's uh, (coughs) kind of like capturing the imagination of it
0: So that that was all my questions. I just, if you had any last thoughts about imagination in relation to what you're doing there that I haven't asked you the right question uh, for.
1: I just want to see a culture, both economically and politically, and at the community where people are encouraged to uh, come forward with new ideas and listen to. Because often what happens, and this is, I don't know, I don't know whether it's it's a, a male thing or whatever, but you just feel that often ideas aren't listened to by a lot of people. It's like, well, you do what you're told. This is the way it's always been done. I think, you know, to be really mature and really, uh, and actually tackle the, the the pressing problems of the time, we need to listen to everybody. And we should look at listen to all ideas about how we can actually, you know, c- create really, really good communities and make sure that wealth is shared. Because ultimately, um, we've still got a situation in this country where if you're born in one part of the UK, you're probably going to die at 61, in another part it might be 90. And what is the economy for if it's leading to those outcomes? It's still grossly unfair, and it needs to be tackled. And if we don't tackle it, and we don't look for new ways of tackling it, then potentially you're looking at civil unrest, or potentially worse. So yes, yeah, so we always need to be open to new ideas and obviously they need to be feasible, they need to be investigated, but let's let's have a bit of imagination about how to get out of this mess we've been in for the last 10 years and potentially longer.